Hello and welcome to our podcast, Creatures of Yord. My name is Freya. And I am Jayanna. And we're two friends making a podcast where we explore paranormal creatures. Together, we record at night in our tent with a torch. So grab your soft toy and turn on all of your lights because we're about to get into it and things are going to get creepy. Hello, Miss Jayana. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> and are you? I'm good too. What's been happening? Um. Well, I've been thinking about Halloween costumes today. Yeah. And um, last week, I was um, I've been trying to work out how to make um a mango costume. Yeah. With foam. <laughs> um. So I was thinking like you could have like a piece of foam, mm-hmm. kind of like in your front, that's sliced like a he- like hedgehog slicing, yeah. like a mango, <laughs> and then you kind of like can change the positioning of it so you're like a half mango. That's been sliced. And then hedgehog bang. Yeah, so like you're thrusting your um chest out so that you can like become a hedgehog and then back into just a um normal slice. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty I guess. cute like, for dancing. Uh, you could do it like, yeah, chest crumping kind of. <laughs> In my imagination, this works really That's well. But so technically, I'm cute. Like, mm. But you could also just have it like a, almost like a pan. Mm-hmm. And you like, ho- like you just use your hands to like pull it out. This would actually be so cute if you, me, and our friend Libby did it, and um, two people are the halves, and one of us gets to just be the pip, <laughs> and then we can like, if we do like a little group hug, we're like one whole little mango together. Oh my god, that's actually <laughs> such a cute idea. And the little pip could be all um, I hadn't furry and fluffy. That'd be really cute. I think uh, we should uh, dive into our scary creature stories. So every week we will be telling each other a story about a paranormal creature that we have researched. Shall I kick us off this week? Yeah, good idea. All right. So the reason I chose this ghost this week is because when I was living in Indonesia, I lived in a group house and our bathroom was really dank and dark and it didn't have many, like it didn't have a window to the outside. And whenever I had friends coming over, They're all from different social circles, but every single friend who'd come over would be like, I really don't like that bathroom or the corridor there. Like, can I use a different bathroom? Because they got a creepy vibe. And then when I would like ask them, like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, I think that where the ghost hangs out. Like, what do you mean? Anyway, every time I I would probe further, they would all mention this ghost, which is called Gendruo, which is, Jay, I've got some photos here. So maybe you can describe what you see to everyone. Okay, so this is definitely like a ghost. Nice, a bit like transparent creature of the night, clearly glowing white eyes. A big fat man with huge hands that are like furry Mm -hmm. and a big furry beard, furry hair and like weirdly straight teeth that makes him look really like on edge. Totally. So yeah, this... um. Genruo is a like Javanese or Sundanese ghost and yeah he's got this he's this big huge humanoid um, creature and he's got reddish black hair and skin and these big glowing eyes and, and he, tusks as well yeah huge big teeth he can shapeshift 
And this is the creature that all of my Indonesian friends said was um, hanging out in front of my bathroom in my group house. And so he typically would be in a forest, like a teak forest or out in the wilderness. But also they are known to hang out by themselves more in bamboo forests or in cold, damp, dank places such as abandoned houses. And my house prior to us moving in had been vacant for a really long time. It's the perfect location for him. And so this creature, Gendruo, can go from just being like a small little man up to this huge giant. And what he actually likes to do is that he can communicate directly with humans. And so he can actually shapeshift into a man. He's attracted to women who are either lonely or they're a widow or their husband doesn't doesn't really pay them enough attention. And he will shapeshift into the woman's like lover or partner (laughs) and then he will end up having like he'll seduce her and end up having sex with her and he's an incredible lover and this this creature will make the woman climax and he will climax and that's just like how he gets pleasure and yeah like how he loves to interact with women and he can also impregnate a woman and so she'll have this like hybrid human monster gendruo child um yeah it's like so that's super weird yeah so freaky and then another thing he can do is like other than shape-shifting and being your husband is he could just sometimes he'll like slap your butt as you walk past or (laughs) womanizer yeah (laughs) or he like caresses the woman as she sleeps or they've um they've had accounts of this of him like while a woman sleeps is like taking off her undies and putting them on someone else (laughs) that's very cheeky behavior yeah such a mischief maker um yeah so he just like loves to seduce women and he has a bigger sex drive than than humans would and they also say that this gendruo can live in a woman's womb and so like women with a really high sex drive it could be said that like maybe that is this monster inside of them and then he is what's like driving them to have a really high sex drive and because every time they are experiencing pleasure he's experiencing pleasure as their womb (laughs) classic for a woman to have a high sex drive that has to be it couldn't possibly be natural in be, their womb yeah there has to be a creature in their room and so like yeah he controls them and their passion and their like their like sexuality and so if then this woman who has the gendruo in her womb if her partner isn't good enough it'll just like her husband you know isn't performing for her then she'll have to um go off and just like find someone else but i kind of like i really liked this ghost because i thought bit of a um commentary of the um of, like women's sexuality and that I kind of was thinking like this like legend may have arisen from women having becoming pregnant like while their husband's away or after their like husband has died and they'll be like oh well I didn't do anything wrong like I fully thought it was my husband <laughs> I just had sex with my husband and like now I'm pregnant and everyone's like but he wasn't there and then he'd be like oh it was it was the shape-shifting monster that did it to me and that's who I'm pregnant with I'm like and I'm, I'm like all right <laughs> it doesn't I don't I don't mind women having an excuse for the infidelity it's usually the other way around <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean um in Indonesia, it uh, work because people believe in ghosts a lot more. Though, totally, so. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if um this excuse would fly in Australia. And also, this ghost is like found in Java. 
yeah, there's other ways that people can actually harness Gendruo to help them if they're gambling or if they're in the lottery. So <laughs> people can like barbecue or like saute up crows and then that will bring, if they're in like the area that they like know. Like the a, bird. Yeah, like the crow, the bird. Sauteed crow. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the area that they know there is a Gendruo is maybe living, he'll come out and then they need to ask him quickly, like, what are, what's the winning numbers? What should I put in the lottery? But you need to ask him before he eats because as soon as he eats, he just like is disinterested and goes away. So you've got to like entice He's him with the food. He's such a Answer the question and then you can give him the food. They also say that the Gendruo has... Like there's also good ones and sometimes people like use these to hunt. If a family is really pious but poor, sometimes the Gendruo will like look like an old man in a white robe and he'll look after them, like babysit them for the parents or he'll protect magical places or people who are like kind or whatever, he'll protect them from robbers. And so, yeah, I guess you can like harness the good one or the bad one. And the way that they say you can get the he'll like treat you well or not is like how nice you are to the ghost so in my old house um where my friends claimed we had the genruo it it was three levels and the top level was a rooftop and one night i was hanging out there with three of my friends and so two of us were sitting on one couch and the other two on the other side facing each other and then one of my friends just started muttering to herself and like being all weird and i was like is she okay and everyone's like no 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 she's fine don't worry about it and she was like muttering and I was, I was like, I, what, I don't understand what she's saying. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. And then she got up and she walked over to the edge of the roof and was just like saying something to herself. And it was just like so unusual. But my friends were kind of like, oh, just ignore her. Don't worry about it. And then whatever, we went out to dinner, blah, blah, blah. And then the next time I saw my friends, I was like, what was up with her? Like, why was she okay? Like, I was like, did she feel sick or something? And they're like, no, um, the Genrua was like up behind you. And like this friend is... um like an indigo child so she can like perceive ghosts what she was doing was like this monster was like up behind me and wanted to kind of haunting me I guess and so she was like doing this whole um I guess like speaking to him saying like she's fine like blah 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 and then she was about able to keep him at bay but I'm like that is I didn't realize what he gets up to so I'm pretty pretty grateful that she did a um spell i'm glad you did this one because you vaguely touched on it in a conversation we had yeah and you said i think you said that it was like different friends like different circles of friends that would 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 talk about this specific ghost totally at different times Mm -hmm. when they were in the same area in the bathroom in this dormitory space yeah like yeah in the house they just yeah that's what made me sort of like open my mind to a potential of it being legitimate that every single person described the exact same exact same ghost in the exact same location given that heaps and different types of ghosts hang out in like cold damp locations so it wouldn't necessarily be him so yeah I was like oh my gosh but now that I've read it I'm like I'm pretty glad I didn't research him when I lived there because he is way naughtier than I than I thought this ghost was yeah but they they say the reason that he like that this ghost or spirit comes to exist is people who have died from something like a suicide or an accident or like some sort of sudden death that wasn't anticipated and so their spirit wasn't ready to move on to the afterlife and so it's stuck here and until it basically accepts that it can move on they also say that most people can't see it but when he feels disturbed that's when he becomes visible to people and that's why i 
potentially like at my house where lots of people thought they could see him because the house had been empty for so long and then we all moved in and we were like loud and just living there like three or four people so he was would have been disturbed constantly having lived there by himself the entire time and that's why everyone yeah kept seeing him I don't like that for you, Freya, <laughs> having been in that space. I know, but look. Very creepy. As Did far you... as I'm aware, uh, nothing happened with him. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a husband that Has I was like fawning after. <laughs> Sorry. Has it been nine months since you've been there? <laughs> <laughs> it's been well over nine months. Good. But yeah, I was kind of thinking about also the little the offspring that you have. I'm like, is it a little gremlin child or is it just like a normal baby? And then yeah, we need, we need details. Does it look like the husband? Which the, yeah, is it like a little the, monster? Which like, he shapes into? Or is he a monster with baby tusks? <laughs> or does he just like? And how many? If if he can reproduce himself, like how many of them are? Yeah, there? it's very strange. And so you said he's like um, the legend is uh, most specific to Java. But this was, yeah, I mean, this was happening on the island Java, but it's like a different, historically a different kingdom, the Sunda kingdom. And that's where this was happening. But um, he's quite a, um, like, he's kind of like a, like, even though he's scary and like in the picture, he had the full moon behind him and he's obviously like a bit dark. Like, yeah. he does look kind of like friendly. Like, if he just mm. appeared before me, I'd be like, who's this like friendly chubby? You know what it is? Because he kind of looks a bit like Hagrid to you. So <laughs> yeah, he does You're look like a, like a Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a Hagrid that has like a bit of like a boar, evil devil boar in him. Look, I think the the general rule of thumb is that if you're nice to a ghost, it's nice or neutral back to you. So, well, that's what we know don't so fuck far. With ghosts. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was sick. Should we have our uh, spooky snack break? Yeah, I reckon it's time for a bit of um spooky snack ASMR. Okay, so this is our little intermission where we do ASMR spooky snacks. Yeah, and this week, um, I think Jay, you're the one who's feeding me a surprise snack. Correct. So I have my eyes shut, and um, you'll feed it to me, and then I've got to guess what the spooky snack actually is. Well, I'll tell you what it is. But what it's made of? Or you tell? All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll All tell right, you Jay, what it I'm, is. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. Close your eyes. Okay. Don't start eating it yet. Maybe I'm too scared. So this snack has a bit of a backstory. So there's this alien planet where they grow these like crazy white bulbs under the ground. And then on this planet, they cut them up and they press these like weird patterns into them. Mm -hmm. And then they add fire and that's the snack. And I just um, happened to have some connections and I hooked us up. Can I put my hand in it? Yeah, you can put your hand in the bowl. Oh. <laughs> what do you think it is, Freya? <laughs> Pretty sure it's crinkle cut um salt chips. <laughs> Plain chips. Um I reckon that's enough for um, our spooky snack time. I think it's time to get into Jay's ghost story of the week. So 
So the spooky creature that I have chosen this week is called Wangina. Mm-hmm. The Wangina. And it's uh, sort of multiple creatures, actually. So this week's creature was inspired by a tone, a musical tone. And um, I heard it during a singing bowl meditation class I was attending. The sound kind of like was this really warping sound. Yeah, so I thought I'd just play that for you now. Mm -hmm. So we all start off on the same page. Sure. So what does the sound make you think of, Freya? Uh, It kind of reminds me of some sort of alien machine, to be honest. Like an engine. Okay, so you had some kind of alien inclination. Yeah, a bit of like a mechanical UFO-y kind of noise. Yeah, so that's basically my thought. Like when I heard that tone, I was like, this is alien. And I had the next thought that I had. Are we, do we think that that frequency is alien because they've used that so much in TV Mm -hmm. and movies? Or is it undeniably just a sort of like inherently alien sound yeah true Um, you investigated that further for us yeah i got to thinking about aliens this week and i was asking the question initially is the idea of aliens a modern concept sort of synchronicitous with area 51 Mm -hmm. and internet conspiracy theory or is it like an older idea Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and are there more ancient alien stories yeah because all the alien stuff i can think of is like yeah american like um crop circles and stuff Mm -hmm. so one of the first things i noticed when i was started researching aliens was this idea of the ancient astronauts and the idea is that ancient beings visited the earth in prehistoric or primordial times and some say that they may have created everything on earth and some say that they may have given humans their great intelligence and so to be fair there are a lot of like ancient creation stories from different um, tribes and indigenous people around the world which talk about the origin of life coming from out of space or space or from the stars Alien enthusiasts point to Australia for one of the first suspiciously alien encounters. And seeing as we're from Australia, I thought, well, I'll research this. Mm -hmm. So the Wangina origins as cave paintings in far northwestern Australia in the Kimberley region. And the first impressions I have of the rock paintings is that they look pretty alien. But I'll show you some pictures, Freya, and if you could just describe what you see okay so i'm seeing like cave drawings and they look just like your typical alien like big white head huge 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 black eyes and then a little nose i guess it kind of looks a bit like a skull as well but pretty typical kind of like et kind of look yeah or like even um uh day of the dead skull yeah so again like when i first saw these i was like whoa like there's something very alien about these mm. pictures. And I, again, I was like, is it because I've watched so many TV, like yeah. so much TV that's kind of based on these images, mm-hmm. like initially? Or is there something that is very foreign mm-hmm. and, you know, undeniably, undeniably alien about these creatures? So they're painted in white, a white ochre. Mm-hmm. And and um, they're always white and they have those big stereotypical alien heads. 
the kind of diamond shaped heads, huge gaping holes for eyes, mm-hmm. a nose, no mouth. And sometimes they're painted with a body which is really long and spindly and like kind of see-through. And they're dated back between 4,000, 10,000 years ago and have been repainted many times. And sometimes they're painted very small and sometimes they're painted like five meters tall and like super imposing. Mm -hmm. So the next thing I learned was pretty intriguing. It said that these creatures aren't um, just paintings of the image of the god or the deity. It is said that they actually are the deity. Oh my God. And according to indigenous people in the area, they came down to earth in ancient times and left themselves in the rock. Whoa. So first of all, just the images are repainted um, in an act of reverence towards the spirits um, and they part that they play to life on earth and specifically once a year before the rainy season in December to ensure good rainfall. Mm-hmm. And it is considered that repainting of the one gina is um, a repowering of the life force um, within the rock. So the Wangina have been painted by three different tribal groups in the area and they consider themselves connected through the Wangina who is the creator. It is said that they created the country, the land, the people, the customs and the law of the country. And according to the creation story, the Wangina were sky beings, spirits from the cloud who came down from the Milky Way during dream time and created the earth and all of its inhabitants. One reason given for why they have no mouth is because they are so powerful being the creators of all things that they don't require a mouth. Maybe that's why they have such big heads. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like... They don't need a waste of their time just like talking shit and gossiping. Yeah, and a bit different than a lot of creation stories around um, that uh, a lot of uh, creation stories do sound with... Sorry, start with sound. Mm. Like in the beginning, there was the word of God yeah. and um, stories like that. This is the very basic story, but I was thinking about how creepy it is that the pictures are actually considered the creatures themselves. Mm. And I can imagine being there in the caves and being told that there are real kind of alien entities in the rock, mm-hmm. especially at night or something. Yeah. It would be very, very scary. And one uh, woman in the area from the Wawara tribe says they're more than just pictures and they're everything that surround us. And so, you know, this mystery kind of is unraveling as I'm researching. Um, And so I decided to look a bit deeper into the creation story. Mm -hmm. And I found this beautiful account of the creation story adapted from the poetry of Jim Poulter, written with the assistance and the blessing of Victorian elders. So it says, in the beginning, there was just deep space, deep void. It was the spirit of life as it was in its potential form not yet manifest as the spirit of life. But then in the mind of the spirit of life, a dreaming began. First, the mind of the spirit of life dreamt of fire, then wind, then rain. Then there was a great struggle between fire, wind and rain. The great spirit liked the dream, so the dreaming continued. Then followed land and sea, earth and sky. The great spirit began to grow tired from the dreaming and he sent forth other beings to help with the dreaming. And so with every little thing there is within it, the secret of dreaming. All the different plants and animals must come to understand and then share in the creation of the dream. They dream of everything that came before and feel kinship with their spirit cousins. 
So if I understand it properly, the one Gina are considered creatures first sent forth from the spirit of life to help him with a great effort of dreaming. And then from there, there are a number of different spirits like this that represent a more primordial form of life mm. before plants and animals and humans came forth from them. Right. So is it more um, of a god or a alien or neither or both? It definitely seems caught in the middle because mm-hmm. there are indigenous people that say they believe that the Wingina came they left the image right. in the rock and then they left. They went back into the Milky Way. Right, back into, like, and they were foreigners to our land and then went back to their Milky Way land. Yeah, I think that is kind of what is meant with the woman who said they are everything. Mm-hmm. They're kind of everywhere. And mm-hmm. I feel like they are, um, they are like the, a kind of like a seed of like intelligence mm-hmm. kind of in the tapestry of like all of creation. Totally. And the but it gets complicated when you start thinking if is it outside or is it inside kind of dreaming, right? Yeah. I'll keep going because I feel like this kind of like it kind of goes into this question of like, you know, if everything is the dream, then it doesn't really matter if they're outside mm. or they're inside. Yeah. I think that's where the freakiness comes though, because it's easy just to see an image of something as like a representation. Mm, totally. Um, and think that this is somehow mythical and in the mind, the living mind of like the people mm. who have shared the story, right? Yeah. But then when it is both that and reality, mm. then it um then it starts to but is still dreaming, then there's mm. like this kind of paradox that goes on. So for instance, like one thing I read about was um megafauna sorry, mega fauna fauna. Yeah. Um used to be considered I was like an indigenous mythology like a fairy tale yeah. and people didn't take it seriously until yeah. they found the like skeletons, skeletons and yeah. then they realized that it wasn't a mythology they were actually <laughs> describing something that real. was real yeah so I think that's where the one Gina gets a little bit creepy for right. me and it's often depicted with the rainbow serpent mm-hmm. as another of the primordial spirits that kind of brought everything into existence. But yeah, people say that the Wingina returned to the sky, but some stayed on Earth kind of as the seed givers or the source power to human life. That, or Some of the indigenous people also believe that they exist in the deep waters of the area mm. which uh, and they are associated with water and the rainfall which is why they're worshipped around the seasoning of mm. the um the monsoon season so i suppose like they were powerful in that that dreaming around like water and rainfall but yeah so there's two things kind of going on here that are a bit freaky i feel like there's the power that we do have in a way the power that we do have to dream things into existence Mm -hmm. and then there's the power that we don't have and you know going into this a little bit deeper the power that we do have um is ultimately one of the scariest things about um anything scary like what power do we have to actually make things happen around us that is scary by like dreaming them into existence Mm. Like when um, I brought up the haunted, the most haunted hotel in Australia, mm-hmm. it was, um, my partner Mitch was like, we should go there. We should take a bunch of people yeah. there. 
and I mentioned it to Freya and you know the more that I thought about it though the more I was kind of like if I go there with the intention of wanting to see ghosts you'll see it will it happen like will Mm. I see it and you know the more that I open my mind to this the more that my creation power potentially in the dreaming of this thing Mm. manifests and you know that's a very scary thing and I think a lot of people are scared of that power and you know there's a lot of variables there as well like would that power be more like would that power to bring a ghost into existence increase in groups if like everyone was engaged or if you'd spent like a year looking for aliens Mm. like if you does time make a difference like and are you brave enough to find out and I think yeah there's like a big mythology with humans about being afraid of their own power and I do think like this is kind of like an illustration of of that Um, but then there's the power that we don't have and you know that that's the fear of like are these aliens coming back Uh, we worship them so they don't Um, So that we continue to have rainfall, but they're not described as like particularly benevolent either. Like they, they, uh, um, if they're not treated with respect, they will rage. Like if it's not always the eldest man of the hunting group Mm -hmm. um, that does the ceremonies with them at the rock, like with the cave paintings, they will be malevolent. So they obviously demand a level of service and respect, which yeah, it does not sound friendly. You know what's so interesting? That that is definitely the theme of all these different ghosts that we've spoken around is that like they demand respect, respecting their space and knowing who's there and who's new and whatever. Yeah, it's like they're just they're just demanding bare minimum respect. Right, like a lot of indigenous groups talk about the importance of respecting plants mm. and animals and not just like in this anecdotal way, but actually in a deep spiritual mm. level, acknowledging like the part to play. That, that they these... do for our lives and what how we impact them and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, the last bit, well, like, the last thing I didn't really get my head around uh, in all of this was that um, Indigenous Australian people live in only two times, which is kind of explored through people that have studied their language. Mm. So they describe the primeval times in which all life came into being. Mm-hmm. And then they have the present. Right. But they don't describe a future. Right. So the idea of the Wangina coming in the primordial times to like help create the earth and everything on the earth makes sense and definitely feeds into that ancient astronaut mm-hmm. theory. But um, the idea of them coming back, like if there's no future, what does that mean? I couldn't really get... Um, my head around that are they anticipating them coming back or it's just like there is no well the thing that i guess what i was thinking about is that like maybe in that picture they're coming and going simultaneously or like because because i guess like you're saying the picture isn't a picture it is them exactly and which exact might explain the fact that they're permanently visiting in the rock yeah so there's a few other like interesting things like during the um the raining the rain ceremony the oldest man of the tribe will um spit water onto the paintings and then like mm-hmm. he'll repaint them. Um So this and, has been happening every year for the last ten thousand years. Um or longer. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. And 
Yeah, they said it said it's been like repainted um, over forty times, but I think that they're like there's someone analyzing the paint layers in that. Right. So yeah. I guess paint layers would kind of merge. And yeah, that's uh, the lasting thing that I was thinking about was like, okay, so if if there's if there's no future and it's all the present, and these alien creatures are permanently visiting in the rock, mm-hmm. these alien spirits. Maybe that describes why a frequency of music is so terrifying because maybe there's like an ability in the present to like reach out to that signature of alien through that present stream of energy in the music. Mm. One thing I was thinking about about like inside and outside dreaming is like it's kind of easy to – I find it quite easy to be carried off with the – the pool or the, like the um the story and then I'll come back into like at other times I'll come back snap into reality or you know another reality and say like well no everything is very solid like I'm not dreaming it mm-hmm. we don't dream the cosmos like we've traveled there yeah we explored it we didn't know it was out there before we went there and it's like mm-hmm. very physical right yeah but then maybe that's just a testimony to the power of like the dreamed like the um the shared dreaming Mm. and also i was thinking about like you know maybe there's like there is like you know an extent to which like the a human dreams something into reality but yeah like how i said before there's all these variables like how like we might have a level of power but we might be more powerful when we're dreaming together we might be more powerful when we're somehow like in connection with plants and animals and primordial spirits and everyone's on the same page and Mm. we're and and um you know the one gina might have like a lot more power in terms of that um that shared dreaming like you know which um part gets to shift at what time this is a bit random but um it reminds me a bit of um how mass hysteria happens in terms of like when you're talking about dreaming and like groups and like energies and things where like there's been all these historic events where like everyone in an entire town will end up having some huge ailment. There was one mass hysteria where um, everyone in this village couldn't stop dancing and they were dancing for so long. People were dying because they were like, they couldn't stop and they couldn't look into like, like, they tried to figure out what it was. And it was like that people didn't have medical conditions and it was like mass hysteria and that there's just like some sort of connection between humans that is like energetic or like, psychological or whatever that's connecting us and then it can become so overpowering that then everyone ends up experiencing the same thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right anyway on that note yep. i think it's time that we wrap up this week's episode so thank you jay for sharing your newfound knowledge yeah and i too, hope all- was, yeah it was really cool i liked hearing about the um fat <laughs> The fat Hagrid, um, <laughs> sexually <boar>. aggressive, <laughs> sexually aggressive, <Monster>. fat <laughs> Hagrid for pig. Yeah, look, we've learned just be nice to ghosts and they won't mess with you. Okay, so yeah, that all that brings us to the end of this episode of Creatures of Yord, uh, our spooky podcast about creatures of the night. Good night.